Hello, 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 and welcome to Echo, Echo, Echo Online. We would like to encourage you to take your first steps into our life-giving local church and discover the community and support that you've been hoping for. Please join us at one of our services at Mayo High School at 9.15 or 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. And we'd love to meet you. We hope that Echo that will become your place, your people, and your purpose. It's what we are looking for. That's right. We would like to extend our sincere thanks for your generosity. We recognize the importance of reminding you each week to take a moment by the end of service and ask God how you can make a difference with your finances. Would you ask him what you should give today? You, you can donate by heading to our website or Venmo us at wearetheecho.church. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us today, today and, and enjoy, enjoy the, the rest, rest of, of Echo service. service. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders.
testimony that we have in and through Jesus. Amen. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I'll take what I can get. I can take it. Hey, we're going back into a series called Flip and Point. Uh, the premise of the, the series is that we op- sometimes we open up our Bible and uh, just flip it to a page and then we point and say, God, what do you have to say? And sometimes that works and yet sometimes it doesn't at all. And we've, we've learned that through life. I have at least. And, um, and so at the beginning of uh, what was the beginning of March-ish, we, uh, we encouraged you to join us on 21 days of prayer, fasting, and pursuit of God and say, hey, you know what? Let's intentionally open up the Bible and flip to a specific page and really methodically point throughout the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Many of us call it the Sermon on the Mount, yet um, I, I actually believe, although it was probably spoken and one occasion or a few occasions on a mountain, this was generally Jesus's kind of repetitive teachings that he would teach throughout his ministry. And so there's just a lot of validity to it. There's a lot of power and there's a lot of instruction. And, and so as we were, um, as I was processing really what I would speak on today, I just felt compelled to go back into my notes and into, into my journal of me doing 21 days of, of prayer, fasting, and pursuit. And I landed on Matthew chapter 7, verses 7. And I just feel like I should dig into that. And, and honestly, I'll tell you here and again, uh, just in a moment, I really feel like getting a little teachy on you. Is that okay today? And so if you open up, open up to Matthew chapter 7, and some of you are like, geez, you're going right into the scripture without a dumb joke? No, I've got one for you right here. Come on, somebody. I do not want to let down all my fans out there. You know what I'm saying? You know, <clears throat> again, if you're new here, uh, I only share bad jokes. That's all I've got. And so don't judge me. Don't go on Yelp and give me a, uh, give Echo a one because I do bad jokes. I'm telling you it's bad jokes, okay? Bad jokes here. So an elderly woman was listening on to the radio, listening in the radio and, and heard on a report that, that there was someone driving the wrong way on the highway. 
and she was really, really concerned, extremely concerned, because she knew at that very point her husband was driving down the highway, and she, she just wanted to give him a heads up, so what did she do? She called his cell phone and says, dear, I am concerned for you. Be warned. There, I just heard on the radio that there's someone driving the wrong way on the highway, and with him a little bit nervous in, in his voice, he goes, I, you know what? I know that, but it's not just one. There's hundreds of them going the wrong way. Come on, somebody. Bad jokes, bad jokes. Y'all want to hear another bad joke? Okay. Now, um, uh, let, me, let, me, let me read this here. At the beginning of Matthew 7, 7 says, keep asking. Okay, keep, keep asking. I, 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 any parents out here, uh, out here today? Like, like anybody relate to me? Like, like your kids ask for a cell phone or a new cell phone all the time. You know what I'm saying? So like we have not uh, submitted to that yet uh, with our daughters, although they ask over and over and over again. So, so there's a little, uh, again, I, I try to kind of connect loosely jokes to kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about. So anyway, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, my wife and I got married under a cell tower. Did you know that? Yeah, the ceremony was okay, but the reception was fantastic. <laughs> So bad, so bad, so bad, so bad, so bad. So anyway, um, ring, 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 ring. I want a new pastor. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep asking and I will, it will be given to you. Keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. I honestly believe that if Jesus was here in modern day context, he would say, keep ringing because I will answer, okay? And uh, in verse eight, it says, for everyone who keeps asking receives. He who keeps seeking finds and to him who keeps knocking, the door will be opened. Verse nine is, is there anyone here who if his son asked him for a loaf of bread, you'd give him a stone. Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? So if you, even though you are bad, know how to give your children good gifts, how much more will your father in heaven keep giving good things to those who keep asking him? I'll let me remind you that, that scripture, the Bible that we read, today is not in its original language. And what I've noticed is, as a student of the Bible, and as I love going into the etymology and the meaning of, uh, and the deeper meaning of words that are used, if it was Greek or Hebrew, that sometimes there is some loss in translation. And I don't know what version you read, and the one was on the screen, there's a few different words that pop up for give. Okay, and to receive. And, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to like get a little teaching on you, like I said, and I want to kind of dive into some of those words because I believe there's some clarity in how we should continue to ask God as he wants to continue to give. And so we're going to dive into three different words that are, read, uh, that are used throughout this scripture and really just simply ask God, like, God, what do you want to tell us? And how do you want us to apply this to our life? And, and so that first word in, in verse seven, uh, and again, as we read, keep asking, it will be given to you. Uh, that word to, to give is did, uh, didome. So it's ask and didome. Okay, that's the, the, the Greek word for as we read it, 
give. And in that first little version, a very verse, very simple way, I would like to tell you this, if I could paraphrase it just oh so concisely. I believe Jesus is trying to teach us to keep asking. And if we keep asking, then God will keep giving in the base level. And when we read that scripture and we read the stories, he's teaching us, he's te- teaching his disciples. Uh, I believe Jesus is making a statement of plenty. Now, now hear me out here. God is saying you as his children to keep asking. And if you keep asking, he will keep giving. Now, come on, someone say amen to that because that is an awesome promise that he makes. Now, that's the first iteration of give or those types of, uh, of that type of reference, right? Or be given to you. Keep asking and God will give it onto you. The second reference is in verse eight. It says this, For everyone who keeps asking, it will be given unto you or you will or you'll you'll receive in the version that we read. Uh, But in verse eight, that word is lambano, lambano or something like that. Okay. And that means to take. Now, that's interesting because if we read the word receive, but, but the deeper meaning of that word in the Greek is to take, it gives you a different connotation. So in essence says, keep asking God, right? Keep asking and God will keep allowing you to take what is already yours. Now, isn't that cool? I mean, it's a little subtle little thing that can be lost in translation. But if we, if we reveal it to you this morning, I believe what you see in that little simple statement that Jesus is teaching from is this is a statement of precision. Now, again, if you are a parent in this room or you have roommates at least, like, like here's the deal. When someone asks for you, asks you very specifically if you can borrow or you can have something and you have them, you are more than willing to give them exactly that. Y'all get what I'm saying? But if that person asks you for something that you don't have, then you may be wasting your time. And so anyway, I want you to see that subtle little nuance within the difference of those words. And then the very last change is in uh, verse 9 and 10 where it says, if anyone here who, if his son asks him for a loaf, will give him a stone. Who would, who would do that? That word is epididome, which means given by hand. What I need you to see here in this very simple statement from Jesus is that this is a statement of proximity. See, what Jesus would want to teach us today is this, is Jesus wants you to keep asking because he's the God of plenty. That Jesus would want you to understand when we ask and we pray and and we seek God that, that we should keep asking because he believes and he wants to give you specific things. And oh, by the way, specific things have already been given to you as believers. And then that third component is this, and this is where I think a lot of times we miss, miss up or mess up or, or miss the concepts of, of prayer is Jesus is truly want, wanting us to continue to ask because that in essence reminds us that we are approaching him. And when we approach him, 
that this is, that it becomes a statement of proximity. See, I think God wants us to keep asking so he can keep giving it to us personally by his hands. Now, come on, does that excite anybody in this place? I don't mean to get a little teachy on you today, but honestly, I think like theologically and as we understand God, like, like, and like it's important to understand how he desires to give. And I think so, many, so often in our faith journey, it is so easy to kind of give up on the asking. And, and I think sometimes we give up on the asking because we don't completely understand the nature of how God truly wants to give to us. So practically, what do we do with this? I would say this is keep asking because the Father knows best. Come on, that deserves an amen. We keep asking because the Father knows best. And, and, and as I was praying and I was seeking the Lord and just saying, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about this statement and, and through the scripture? I had this image of a pantry. Everybody have a pantry at your house? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we have a pantry, a small little pantry, uh, cabinet doors right next to our refrigerator. And, and, and again, as I was thinking about the pantry, I was thinking about how we, we just stock it full of food that is always there. And in my children's eyes, it is a pantry of plenty that never runs dry. There's always food there. In fact, you know, one of their, what I've seen some of their patterns is they get home and the very first thing they do, what do they do? They run open, they get to the pantry and they go, what is there to eat? And they go, there's nothing to eat. You know, like, like you know, first world problems right there. You know what I'm saying? But spiritually, what I want you to hear is this, is, is God has a metaphorical spiritual pantry that is open wide to you. And oh, by the way, that pantry never runs dry. And it's always available to you. And so we keep asking because God knows how to stock the pantry. Come on, someone say Amen. He just knows how to, but the question is this, is are we going to trust what he puts in the pantry is what's best for us? As I was Googling uh, pantries, I, I Googled like man pantry, which I don't know if I'd advise you to do that. I, I didn't see anything bad, but anyway, um, actually it would be temptation and some of you wives would not be happy because a man might be inspired to do it. But literally, I, I, it was so funny. I, I, I saw an image and Literally, there was like Doritos and like beef jerky and beer and a bunch of other junk food, you know, whatever, you know, mac and cheese, come on, somebody. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, God has a pantry for you. The question is, do we trust him enough to know that God is a God of plenty that will keep that stocked in our need? Number two, what do we, what do we go from there on um, this kind of this idea of really this lambano, right, that we can take? We keep asking because you can take what is already yours. Do y'all hear what I said? Spiritually, you can keep asking. And oh, by the way, you have access to go ahead and just take what has already been given to you. And when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the refrigerator. 
and the image of a refrigerator and, 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 and you know, like, well, what's the difference between a pantry and a refrigerator? Well, some things have to stay cold. <laughs> that has nothing to do with my message, but, um, but, but I had this, I had this image and maybe because I was helping my youngest daughter um, reach something. She was literally trying to reach the milk or actually it was the ketchup, okay? And she was trying to reach ketchup, but she could not reach it. And it dawned on me in that very moment is that God has stocked the refrigerator. But a lot of times what we do is we do low shelf grabbing because we know that's what's available to us, but we've not matured and we've not grown into knowledge and understanding to how and how the rest of the refrigerator is packed. Y'all get what I'm saying? And we keep asking specifically because we know specifically this is what God has to offer for us. And what I, what, I, what I fear in the modern day church is this, is we're not asking in authority or the position of who we are as believers because we don't know what's in the refrigerator or we can't reach it. Uh, Zion, would you just throw that picture of that beautiful little child? That's what I think we do is we know what's available to us to our, our eye level and below, but we've not yet seen what God wants to offer us. And as Dexter was singing the songs today, like, like, like some of the songs and some of the themes were like healing and, and blessing and wholeness. And, and those are things that are offered and are promised. And some of you keep praying for them, but I want to tell you today, if you understand who you are and whose you are, you no longer need to pray for, you pray from. Come on, somebody. So we keep asking because God knows Best. He already knows what we need. And, and, and I'm just saying what this has to do with is your inheritance and your authority. But the question is this, is will you continue to keep asking long enough that you might receive? Will you keep knocking on the door and would you be patient enough to sit back and wait long enough for that door to be open to you? Lastly, where do we go from here? How do we navigate through this epididomi concept in verse nine? We keep asking because it's meant to be a personal exchange. I think we get so caught up in our need and our physical need and maybe our wants And honestly, I think sometimes we, we get really fed up with asking God for the same thing over and over, but never really receiving. And, and, and that in itself, like maybe deteriorates our faith or our concepts of, of God. And, 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 and through our journey of faith, we stop asking because we forget that the most important aspect of keep asking is you approaching and being in proximity to your heavenly father. And if I can give you an image in the house of what this keep, of, keep asking concept is all about, it's this vivid image of a table full of food and provisions and wants and desires. And, but it's not necessarily what's on the table, but who's at the table. 
See, I believe that this is a reminder for us to continue to ask because when we ask, we approach. And if we approach, then we are in proximity in the presence of God. And although they keep asking and understanding who we are or whose you are is something about knowledge and information but is, is one thing. But when we sit at a table, it's not about knowledge and information. It's about transformation because who we are around is who we become. So we keep asking because we understand that it has to do with a relational, mutual interaction at the presence of God's table. I love, I love the scripture where it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And at this table, I find peace. At this table, I find joy. At this table, I find love, not just because of what is on the table, but because who is at the table. Come on, somebody. And so I was like, you know, Lord, what's the big point today? Like, like, like what's my big idea? It's a really deep one. And let me just hit you right smack dab in between the eyes with a very simple truth. Keep asking, Period. That's what I want you to remember today. And I, I don't know who you are and what you've been going through, but I, again, I understand, man. Like I've had faith times where I'm on top of the mountain and yet there are other moments where my dreams are crushed and I don't necessarily feel like, like I'm, I, I'm really being attended to spiritually or I'm even in the presence of God. And, and, and I just want to remind you, no matter if, you're, if you, you are in want or you are in pl- plenty or if you understand the concept of God and his presence and prayer and, and the concepts of asking God for what you want and what you need. I just want to remind you to not forget to keep asking. And oh, by the way, don't, ask, don't be afraid to ask something for something too small and don't be afraid to ask for something too big because who knows, maybe God might answer it. What I think is this is many times we stop Asking, and when we stop asking, it's really a sign of relational deficiency or a lack of trust. Therefore, we stop asking. I'm going to ask for the band to play behind me. Here and we just, just, I just want to take a moment here. Will you close your eyes? Will you just bow your heads? Will you, you've heard enough from me today. Bring it down just a little bit. I just sense that the Lord is wanting to do something. I just sense that the Lord at this very moment wants to begin to stir our hearts. I believe that God wants to begin to build your faith. I sense that some of you walked into this space and you need something from God. And I just, honestly, I really just sense that that today is the day that God 
shows up. And yet, I, I believe that there's some, some of you right now as you're processing, you're thinking about as the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, he's revealing in you something that you're not supposed to give up on yet. That this isn't the day that you stop asking for what the Lord has told you to seek. I just sense that there's some people that walked in this room that you, you walked in and you've, you've heard like 17 no's and because you've heard 17 no's, you think it's the answer. But I just sense by the Holy Spirit and, and really honestly his, his pushing of me is saying this, I really sense the Lord is saying, do not give up on the calling that God has for you. Keep asking, keep seeking. Keep abiding. Because the Lord desires to say yes. choose not to be in a hurry. We position ourselves around your table today. And at the table, as you remind us at your table, you are present. And what I recollect and what I remember is you looked at your disciples as you looked at us today and remind us that while we're at the table, we're to remember you. And remember what you did on the cross, what you did in this world and how your body was broken and your blood was spilled. Lord, prepare our hearts, our minds. God, as we participate in communion here at this moment, just in, just in a few seconds, Lord, I, I, I just ask that you would just go ahead and reorder our attention. You would invigorate our faith. You would inspire us to not give up, Lord, that, that, that you would just reveal to us in a tangible way that, God, that you love us and you care for us and that you forgive us. So, Jesus, I thank you that you laid your life down. Your body was broken and is bruised for us, for our healing, for our restoration. God, God and, and I just am so awfully thankful, Lord, that you care for me. And we remember the blood and what it paid for. God, it paid for us to have a seat at your table. That even though we had sin and we've had our mistakes and we've gone our own way, that the blood is enough 
and for our forgiveness and for our invitation to sit at the table with you. In Jesus' name, if you have communion, you may partake. God good? Let's try it again. Is God good? All the time. I felt compelled to speak on what I just spoke about to set up for ne- set us up for next week. For those that did not drown out our announcement video and like Charlie Brown did with his teacher. Next week, we will not be meeting here. Everybody go, oh. <laughs> what I've learned in leading, leading Echo Church is this, is when an obstacle comes my way, to not see it as an obstacle, but to see it as an opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean when the obstacle comes my way, I don't complain and moan a little bit. Come on, somebody. But the Lord has really positioned me to see certain situations and go, you know, no, actually, Lord, I feel like you want to do something new. You want to do something different. And as we were pursuing uh, ideas of what we could do when we couldn't meet here physically at this space, what came up and rose to the top and really came and spoke into our spirit is that we were supposed to do an encounter night. That we're to... And honestly, like, I, we landed on a Saturday night because I, I, I want to enter into a space where we're not in a hurry. Next week at Dakota Middle School, we, we're going to have a phenomenal auditorium. By the way, it's going to be really packed, so get here or get there early at 6 o'clock or a little bit earlier. But, uh, but uh, Pastor Sam's going to have amazing kids ministry as we do every week. But I, I just sense in my heart that the Spirit is doing something new in this community, and He wants to... He, he wants to, 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 to go ahead and fuel certain embers of our faith to not just be a blur, but to be stoked, to be like, like spiritually almost a forest fire that we cannot contain. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, like, like I really sense that, that I want to, 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 to really sell you this idea to walk into next week on a different day, right? Like Saturday night, woo. You know, like, like, like to actually be there, but when you get there, that you would come in there anticipating and expecting that as the disciples waited in the upper room, that Jesus will show up in our hearts and our mind in that very moment. I really sense like, like, like I'm pretty good at generally giving you information and trying to give you a little bit of knowledge of who God is. Next week, next Saturday isn't about information. It's not necessarily about knowledge. It is about transformation and what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your heart. And so I'm asking you next week, would you join us at Dakota Middle School expecting did you hear me? The key word, expecting for God to do something new in your life. How many of you would just show a hand? You need God to like kind of do a little kickstart in your faith. I'm raising my hand here, okay? Like a little passion, like passion's been weaning a little bit. Like I'm just saying, Lord, would you have your way? Next 
Saturday, Lord. This isn't, this isn't about our agenda or what we want to accomplish. This is about creating a space, Lord, where you show up and where you are, we want to be. And God, I just ask that you would just build anticipation and expectation, Lord, that you would do something profound, that you would do something significant. God, I'm praying that you would do something like you did in the book of Acts and in a renewal, a restoration, and an empowerment that we wouldn't just be people, God, but we would be people that are filled with your power to step back into our places and our spaces and become the people of God. And if you agree with that today, would you shout amen? amen? Let's seek the Lord.
let's lift our hands and surrender. Let's make me your vessel. Life is in offering. Holy surrender, Lord, do what you will in me. Let's make me your vessel. This life is in Pastor Andy was talking about Jesus and he's kind of referencing this pantry idea. And then I was picturing the, the kid in the, in the picture looking at the fridge and the kid's reaching out for the milk. And instantly I thought about this idea. There's this part in 1 Corinthians 3 where the Apostle Paul talks about, I want you to have the best stuff. Like I want to give you the best stuff. I want you to have the best, everything that God has for you. But there's a problem. Your preferences have become your priority. And it's holding you back for what I have. And he uses a really cool reference. This is why it sticks in my head. He says, all you can have now is the milk. Like that kid grabbing the little cartridge of milk. But if you embrace what we're talking about, then you get the filet mignon is basically what it's. I think that's what it translates to. Or New York strip is probably more my preference. You get the best stuff. But you got to let your preferences go. I, I tell you what, one of the things that breaks my heart is when like, people leave churches and people split churches and people are angry and half the time it's about the dumbest stuff and it's almost always over preference. But this song talks about the fact that we want to be wholly surrendered. One of the things we do every week is we say a prayer about being surrendered. And one of the things about that prayer is that we are laying down who, what we think should be the answer and we're trusting God for the answer. Because let's be totally honest, we can't figure out the answers anyway, but God can. So one of the things we do every week is we say this prayer. And so uh, let's say the prayer together as just a reminder of surrender and that God, thank goodness, is in control. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate some people laying down their preferences and giving the surrender. Come on. Also, what about those that came to church for the very first time today? Let's celebrate that group.